Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the show. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott, and I am your host. I'm Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we get together and uh, do this every single day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, trying to uh, guide everybody on that journey to head back to the window. J.C. Stone in the house. What up, fellas? Nothing up. What up with you, J.C.? What's up with you, Scott? Nothing much. Chilling. How's it going with you? Going well. Going well. Beautiful day here in Missouri. So, uh, yeah, happy happy about that. How'd you do yesterday? Overall, meh. Ended up losing a little bit. Lost a play of the day in hockey. The Rangers-Hurricanes game was, let's just say, a lot more low scoring than I thought it was going to be. But I did have the Flames-Oilers goal in the first 10 minutes at around minus 148, I think. And it cashed in about 21 seconds. Nice. Outstanding. So, I ended up losing, but I ended up losing less than what I was going to if King, I didn't make the second play. King me stopping by says uh, best bet today is the Heat under and the Avalanche over. Don't hate either one of those plays. I have the Avalanche uh, puck line as my play that I so. Godspeed. Godspeed. I kind of had to after game one, didn't I? Yeah, I guess. I just I just don't know that I trust this Colorado team in, to cover the puck line on a consistent basis. They're, it was plus 105, though. Yeah. That's a pretty solid price. I know. I know. That's that's why. It was, what, what minus 230 plus 105? That's what I'm saying. So I figured with the empty netters in hockey and the fact that the Avalanche really dominated play for the entire game, it should be around minus 115, minus 120. Yep. I agree. So that was my logic. Magellan Sports in the hizzy. What's up, Magellan? Richard Lynn, first-time viewer. Outstanding. Scott, we better have some compelling content right off the bat, huh? One of us. One of us. That's right. Welcome to the club, buddy. Uh, wouldn't be baseball if the Yankees weren't blowing a lead to a shitty team. <laughs> you can speak to that there, Yankees fan. Should never back the Yankees when Montgomery's pitching. Okay. He is allergic to getting wins. <laughs> it's impossible. All right, fair enough. And my uh, my first five run line on the White Sox about to go down in flames is the Royals. That's right. The Kansas City Royals have put up three runs in the first two innings. Jesus. That is uh, unexpected. Uh, it is unexpected. And just as unexpected as Carlos Hernandez having two clean innings to start. But I have faith in him to shit the bed here in the next three innings. So we'll see what happens. Hey, quick reminder now that we've got some folks in the room. Don't forget to hammer that like button. Give us the thumbs up. Subscribe to both the YouTube channels, Winners and Winners YouTube channel, and the Max Wagers Network YouTube channel. Check out all the great offerings at the Max Wagers Network on the Max Wagers Network. Yeah, on the next. Okay, there you go. Um, Twelve o'clock, midday money with Sean Higgs. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna do it to you, Scott. One o'clock, Allie Burns doing Morning Wood. Two o'clock brings Chris King and I doing just parlays. You'll find Scott and I here every day at three. Four o'clock, Sean Miller talking about soccer from around the world. And we bring it all on home at 5 p.m. Eastern with Nick and Tim Earl and Detroit Lenny doing game time decision. So uh, that's about that. Of course, don't forget about the great deal at Caesars. Great opportunity. You want to make that first bet count. You've got a, uh, if you're in a state where Caesars exists, please take advantage of this. First-time depositors, first-time bettors. They will guarantee your play up to $1,100. Very, very simple if you make a bet. They will reimburse you if you lose. It is bet insurance, if you will. And unlike regular insurance, it's not a scam. It's a real deal. It costs you nothing, and you are guaranteed to be at least even after that first bet. So, uh, yeah, take advantage of that. The code is ATS wins Caesar, C Z R 
that is in the description for today's video, along with the link that'll get you going. You must be 21 to play, except in Wyoming and New Hampshire, where you have to be 18. So there you go. I see likes uh, the Florida Panthers just bounce back uh, on the on the money line today. Are the channels better. are the channels ever getting completely merged? Asked Max. Just curious. Me too. Yes, I believe. Well, I don't know. They will always be, as I understand it, they will always be their own separate entity. Picks and parlays will always exist. Winners and winners will always exist. But I think the goal is to grow Max Wagers Network. And funny story, I'll have a lot more information because we have a meeting on Monday night about the Max Wagers Network. So I'll probably have more information for you next Tuesday about that. So uh, Magellan talking a little soccer. Uh, Burnley at plus 305, some solid value on the road against Austin, Aston Villa. Scott? Well, Burnley is in the middle of, let's just say, a relegation threat. So they could use all the points they they uh, could possibly get. Aston Villa really does not have much to play for at this point. If you can make, If you want to make an argument, they could play the ultimate spoiler over the weekend because Aston Villa is playing against Man City. And if Man City wins, they end up winning the Prem. Or if they actually tie based on goal differential, they should be able to win the Prem anyway. So if you want to go for a spoiler approach, Aston Villa potentially might be overlooking this game for the Man City game. But when it comes to the motivation, Burnley's right now tied for the final spot technically in relegation but they do have the tiebreaker so they are in 17 18 through 20 get relegated so yeah Burnley could use any points possible I don't mind the motivation angle but Aston Villa has nothing to play for and you could argue they're looking ahead to Man City very good city should city should kill them but I mean what is Aston Villa playing for yeah and Max points that out city should win that one four to nothing certainly could happen they should yep Agreed. Agreed. That was a, um, yeah, little 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 uh, soccer break. Aston V always sounds like they should be playing in, uh, like the uh, Spanish league. It just it doesn't sound like an EPL team. They haven't been a serious contender in the EPL for a couple decades at this point. So they're usually hovering around mid to bottom half. Usually not relegation bad, but somewhere in that bottom half. And, yeah, it's where they are again. Once again, I think relegation should be used in every sport. Can you imagine, like, in college football, like Vanderbilt gets sent down and, and uh, I was going to say Cincinnati. Of course, they're moving to the Big 12. but uh, Send them North Dakota State. Like, uh, yeah, North Dakota State, Coastal Carolina. They get, they get bumped. Houston State. They get bumped up to the SEC. I think that'd be great. Think, For conferences, I don't know. For D1, I'm okay with it. I think that'd, I think that'd be wonderful. Um, uh, there you go. Um what would v, what would Via play for, Scott? What would they play for? Well, he's mentioning the fact that you know Gerald would like to see his former club on top. That goes to my point, where you might see a good effort from Aston Villa in the season finale. That's not this game. That's the next game. So once again, that kind of goes back to my point. You can argue about reasons why with Gerard and how you know it might pay off to potentially play spoiler, but Aston Villa's had nothing to play for for months once they've been pretty much clear of relegation for the last month and change, and you're not going to make Europa or Champions League, you're kind of just stuck in purgatory. Max says we should be staying Aston Villa. Villa. <laughs> the English pronunciation. <laughs> I, I like to say Villa. Um, it's a force of habit. You know, Spanish, one of my favorite players was David uh, was David Villa. 
So oh. force of habit, I guess. There you go. All right, my friend. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about what happened yesterday. By the way, if you're looking to get more of my plays, I do have my best picks available. I do have my premium plays available uh, in the uh, description for today's video if you want to check that link. Be happy to get you hooked up when we're running pretty good lately. Uh, Scott, it was an interesting day yesterday. A lot of things going on. Let's uh, let's check some of them out. Let's find out who were the winners, who were the whiners, who were the uh, people that, you know, they just had to pull out that flip phone and call the cops. All right, very good. Let's uh, get it rolling as we do. And we'll uh, talk a little bit about what are we gonna what are we gonna start with today? We're gonna start in the major leagues, of course. You have the Atlanta Braves on the money line against the Brewers. They're up four three after eight innings. Hey Atlanta, get a bullpen. Uh, Brewers RBI triple, two outs, bottom of the ninth. Braves they go on to lose in extras uh, for want of a closer. Scott, if you had the Braves on the money line there, sorry guys, call the cops. And looking at the Angels and Rangers under eight, he had six runs in the first eight innings. And you had the Rangers up four to two. So as long as the Angels don't score two in the top, you're good to go. They did. They had a game-tying two-run homer in the top of the ninth. You're going extras at four to four, so you lost automatically. But the game will end at 11 after extra innings. Who ended up winning that game, Scott? I believe the Rangers yep. did. Yep, yep. Angels found a buzzsaw down there in Texas. Hey, if you had the Diamonds, Diamondbacks and the Dodgers over eight and a half, seven runs in the first four innings, what could possibly go wrong? Well, they could just score one run in the last five, and that's exactly what happened. That game landed eight. If you had the eight and a half, so sorry, good play, except no, it wasn't. Call the cops. Yeah, I thought the Dodgers would win that game by three-plus runs. They were leading by three-plus runs for pretty much the entire game, and then they were not, and the offense decided to give Arizona's bullpen a, a nice day off. Yep. Yep, absolutely true. Well, there was some good news out there. These were the people that had nice, easy victories. You didn't have to sweat nothing, didn't have to sweat overtime, didn't have to sweat extra innings. No miraculous comebacks because you spent your Wednesday evening ensconced in the rocking chair. So the first one, if you had the Warriors, minus five and a half against the Mavericks, they led by nine points at halftime. And it got a lot worse for Dallas in the second half because the Warriors won by 25. The Warriors, I guess it's fair to say they came out to play, Scott. Yes, they did. If you had the Mets Cardinals over seven, well, that one didn't have to worry about too much because they put up eight runs in the first five innings. Hey, go cut the grass, man. You got the rest of the day off. That game landed at 15. But you, hell, you were well into Camo in the backyard by that time. If you had the Mets Cardinals over seven, you're in a rocking chair. And the last one, if you faded my play of the day, if you had the Rangers and Hurricanes under five and a half, you had one goal in, well, the first seven minutes. And then you had no goals for the next 49 minutes. So one goal in the first 56, not good for an over five and a half, but the game ended up going to overtime. It didn't matter. It was 1-1. Game landed three, not even close to five and a half. Brutal. Brutal. Um, all right. There was uh, one game yesterday where we talked about it a little bit, but we're going to have to talk about it a little more in depth here. It would appear that they, uh, would it be fair to say they kind of missed on the total, Scott? That's one way to put it. Yeah, I think that's uh, one way to put it indeed. Hey, oddsmakers, you know what? You do a pretty good job day in, day out, but every once in a while, somebody comes in and they've uh, spent just a little too much time at happy hour. Let's find out who it was yesterday on the Thursday edition of Your Oddsmakers. Man, they might be drunk. 
Go ahead. So, in the late hockey game, you had the battle for Alberta, round one, between the Oilers and the Flames. Total was six and a half, and we saw a couple of totals of seven in the first day. This total was at six and a half. Should have been 14 and a half because you had a lot of goals. Uh, yeah, if the Flames scored two goals in the first minute, you had four goals in the first period, you had seven goals alone in the second period, and then you had four more goals in the third period. So for a total of six and a half, each team reached six goals, the Flames scored nine, and the total game landed 15. Uh, is that one of the higher scoring playoff games you remember, Scott? Yes, it is actually the highest scoring game that I could remember for a playoff game. 9-6 in a playoff game. When the hell do you ever see that? Playoffs? Talk about the playoffs? Man. All right. Both goalies were awful. You think? I was going to say Smith got pulled seven minutes into the game. I'll take shit you don't have to say for 500, Alex. He gave up three goals and I think nine shots. Oh, there's the Smith that we've been waiting on. And then Markstrom was goalie for Calgary, and he gave up six goals in the first 20 shots. I th- It was really bad. It was really bad, but the Flames buckled down defensively in the final 17 minutes, and they won the game 9-6. to six. Boy, that is saying something when they say you think they buckled down for an entire period and only gave up six goals. They gave up no goals in the final, like, 17 minutes. That counts for something. I know. It? I understand. Just saying it sounds funny when you say it. Yep. All right. So we've got kind of a short card tonight. Got what do we got? Three, three actionable baseball games, NBA and two hockey. Right, we got six games total. Yep. yep. You know it's fun. You know it's fun, Scott. Doing what? a doing a parlay show with six games when you're giving yep. when you're giving out two two teamers, a four teamer, and then ten of your favorite plays. Can you cheat and do a round robin? No, no, man. That's not an option. <laughs> Apparently not. I mean, you know, it's an option on anything we give you. But God bless Chris King. He's doing the Lord's work out there. Um. All right. So let's start. Well, let's get uh, baseball out of the way. Well, let me check in with the comment section here because I always have to catch up after doing all of that. Uh, how about those Reds? <laughs> uh, Reds getting it done today. Let's check on. Let's check on some. They're scores. playing the Guardians. They are up four to one. Okay. Uh, hey, White Sox got a run. Padres up two zip on the Phillies. Mets up five three on the Cards once again. The Reds are up 4-1 over the Garleans, so we've got three more games tonight. Got Mariners, Red Sox, Diamondbacks, Cubs, and the Rangers, and the Astros. Pick one and extol like, the virtues of betting it. I was going to say, I like the Astros minus one and a half. Uh, you're looking at just the two teams in comparison. Texas seems to struggle against every team not named the Angels, and the Astros, of course, are still the best team in the division right now. If you want to look at the actual pitching matchup, you have Iowa against Valdez. I know both of us like Valdez. 2.93 ERA. You have Otto, who was okay last year when he got called up midway through the season. This year, not so much. ERA of 6.38. He's walked 10 batters in 18 innings, which is not exactly ideal. And the Astros are also 3-1 and one against the Rangers this season. I just think that the much better team, I get that they're at home, so you might be missing an at-bat there but i think valdez is so much better than Otto, and i like how the astros have played at home i'll take the astros minus one and a half yeah Otto had been okay in his uh, in his first three starts he'd given up just uh five uh five earned over 14 in the third inning that's going to be uh, 360 ra something like that but he absolutely got lit the fuck up last time out um, and boston can't hit 
against Boston. Yeah, four four innings, eight hits, eight earned, four walks, four strikeouts, and not one, but two long balls. Not ideal at all. So uh it may be another bad spot for Otto. We'll see how we'll see how that goes. Um Valdez has been Really, uh, really good this last time out. Decent. The two, uh, he had quality starts, the two starts before that, or three, actually the three starts before that. So talk about a wipeout slider, Framber Valdez, everybody. That's a good pitcher, but the home numbers are not great for Valdez, which is a concern, but face Texas once the season, six innings, one run, not earned. So yeah, he kind of killed Texas the first time. And I like what I've seen. So I'll take a minus one and a half. Damien asking about the Heat team total under 104 and a half. Says if the Celtics double team Butler, uh, they shouldn't crack double, triple digits. You agree with that? I do like Miami's bench. So I'm not going to fully agree with that. But we have had some injury news uh, over the afternoon. Yep. Al Horford is back, which is pretty important. Now, Derek White is going to be missing this game because he is having a child. Well, his wife oh, is. Oh, I was so going to say, that be, should be something to see. So yeah, he'll be out a for sci- a while. Scientific miracle. But he will not be there because he's going to the hospital to spend time with his significant other. So right. congrats to them. But that also means Peyton Pritchard should be playing a lot of minutes because Smart's going to be playing at, what, 50% health that's in this the, game? That's, gonna, that's to me, the Jimmy Butler question comes down to Marcus Smart's foot. Yeah, and so what, what I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if Smart's going to really be able to move that much. But I'll tell you that Pritchard got absolutely torched defensively throughout that entire game one. So I do think Miami's bench can give Boston some problems. Vincent and Struess are both questionable. I'm assuming they're going to play because they were both pretty good in game one. Vincent was great. Struess was good down the stretch. Truth is, going into this game, I liked Miami because I was expecting Horford to miss. But now I'm not really sure because the line's been moving a lot in favor of Boston because, of course, the injury news is now benefiting Boston. You have any thoughts on this? Because it, I don't know if Horford was just in close proximity. I don't know if he actually had it. Is there a chance that he might be battling some internal side effects if he did have it? No, I don't think so. I, I don't think it was everything. Everything happened so fast. It, that's why I was asking. That I don't. I don't think that you, you're. I don't think you're symptomatic if you're. If you're. If you're cleared in three or four days. I'm assuming he's not symptomatic, but yeah. I am kind of just throwing it out there for no, the sake of throwing it out there. I don't think so. I think I think he'll be I think he'll be all right, stamina wise. Uh full disclosure, we will tell you everybody the reason that we were late getting on the air is we had to uh, call a last minute audible on a player prop as we had Williams over nine and a half rebounds and that well, we, we had the points for rebounds. Or, or, or points rather, sorry. We had the points, but then Horford came back, right. so we figured Williams is gonna have to play more. And now uh yeah, he's back. So we decided to call an audible, and we went somewhere else. Yeah, figured Williams would be playing less with Horford coming back. Just to yeah, he's going to play be, more with Horford out. Yeah, just to be Horford clear, back in. Yep. We expect Horford to play a decent amount of minutes at the five. So if you're used to reading the scroll with our with our bullet points that we have, it will not be there today. We didn't. I didn't uh, have time to throw everything on the scroll. So uh, or the crawl rather for the TV people, but. We will have the play up there, but you're going to have to uh, pay attention as far as the bullet points go. Um, Do you have any thoughts on the game, though? Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people like Boston now, but Miami at home, still undefeated in the playoffs. I know. I really thought, you know what? I I really thought Boston would get one of these. Um, I still think think Miami has a great shot to win the series. I mean, 
obviously. I mean, even, I, I, even with that happening, I still thought Miami had a great shot to win the series. I'm not going to go back on that, especially with Boston getting healthier. Uh, I think Boston evens the series here tonight. For me, going into the series, I thought Boston would get smacked in game one and win game two. That was my initial thought. Right. But with Smart on the court, I am curious if it's going to be a Lowry situation where he's there, but because of his physical limitations with the injuries, you can make an argument that he might be a liability. And Smart provides a lot of toughness for the overall Celtics team. But if he's going to be matched up on Butler and he can't move, is he really going to do much? Well, that's – no. I mean, that's that's the thing. If if Smart is hobbled, if he's 60%, it's, it's barely – I'm going to assume he is, right? I mean, his foot isn't going to go from sore and tender to perfectly fine the span of a day and a half. I don't know, man. Weird things happen at that level. They're able Just to. saying. Uh, Magellan says Miami's going to wax him. He said, don't overthink it. He said, after that, take the Celtics series line one down, too. That was actually my initial idea going into it, but – I don't know. Miami only laying two despite being undefeated at home. It is kind of tempting to take the heat. Uh, Didi's got the heat on the money line. Said the Red Sox money line and the Arizona money line. Uh, we didn't talk about the total. What do you think of that total? It's come It's come down. Well, of course it, it went down because Horford's back. Well, it didn't come back. down with Horford. It came down with Smart. It came down. Yeah, from, that doesn't surprise me. It came down from 208.5 or 208 to 206.5 on the, on the Smart news. I think I'm still going to lean to the over just because of the fact that both teams offensively looked pretty comfortable in game one at different points. But I do question with Derek White being out and with Smart being less than 100%, well below 100%, do I think both defenses will be in tip-top shape? I don't. I think both teams offensively can actually create problems for each other defensively. And it's also a very low total. It's not like it's going to take much for this game to go over. We saw Tatum have a great first half, awful second half, but he showed he's capable of torching this Heat defense. He'll make some adjustments. Jalen Brown might play better, but as a whole, Miami's bench is definitely going to give Boston's bench some problems. Pritchard still can't guard anybody, and I do think that you will see both teams have moments offensively. It's not going to be easy. I'll take the over. I think one of these teams can get to 107. That's good enough for me. Okay. You know, well, you're talking about when you're kind of playing with fire there when you got a low total. We saw yeah. a great case of that in the Phoenix game when they scored 37 points in the first half. Game still went over. 27. Or sorry, 27. Sorry, 17 and 10. Yeah, 27. And the game still went over the total of whatever the fuck it was, 208 and a half or whatever. So yeah. uh, it, it, it just takes one bad quarter. Having said that, I like the under here, and I'll tell you why. I, I think... With Smart and Horford back, they schematically play the same defense that they've played all season. Now, whether they're able to execute it with with people being uh, less than 100%, that's, an, that's another question. But I think part of the reason that defense struggled in the first game is because with different personnel, you can't play you, – you schematically can't play the same defense. You can't match up the same way. So I think that will help them get back in the rhythm. I think they do slow this Miami team down uh, enough to keep it under the total. I think one reason why I do like the over based on the actual pace of game one, game one was a lot faster than I thought it was going to be. Yep. Main reason, Miami's willing to push the pace following every force turnover. You saw a bunch of wide open layups for Butler, for Hero, for company on steals. Miami's not afraid to push the pace against Boston. 
And I think they need to, because we've seen Boston's half-court defense look fantastic. I think it's part of Spolstra's game plan to get out and run, because when Boston's defense is set, they're a lot harder to, you know, get open shots against. So I do think some of it's game planning. Miami might try to push the pace more than people thought they were going to going into the series. Yeah, and the the thing is, they are uh, they're pushing the pace and they're penetrating. Yeah, they're they're not they're not they're not pass they're not passing it out to the perimeter to look for three point shots. They took they took just thirty three point three point attempts mm-hmm. in that game, which is incredibly low for this Miami team. And Butler went to the line like eighteen times by himself. Seventeen of eighteen at the line. I was gonna yeah. say so you might get a lot of free throws in this game just based on how aggressive these offenses will want to be. But the fact that Miami has actually tried to get out and run does make me a bit skeptical to take the under. Fair enough. That's that, that's a legitimate point. I think that'll be curtailed a little bit with the personnel back for Boston. So we'll it's see. going to be curtailed one simple way. Stop turning the damn ball over. Well, that's, you know, that's very true. Although. So we'll see. Yeah, Boston was six. Boston with uh, 16 turnovers last time out. It wasn't good. Not ideal. Not ideal at all. Okay. Um, hockey? Hockey? Well, I got to play on the avalanche because yeah. the puck I kind of have to. Got the puck line there, right? You're going to give me plus money for a team that just drastically outplayed the other team, and the only reason why it was close was an all-time goalie performance. Do you, I'll take I'll take plus money. But do, you, do you care that Bennington's save prop went from thirty and a half to thirty-two and a half? No, that actually goes to my point. They're expecting Colorado to get about 40 shots on net. Can I we... mean, it really goes back to the pace of play. I still like the over for Bennington saves because Colorado really dominated the entire game. And if you saw or watched part of it, Colorado could realistically get 17 shots on goal in any given period. Mm-hmm. We've seen this before. Yeah. So the total for saves does not actually bother me. The only concern is if Colorado's up two goals with four minutes to go, are you losing four minutes of Bennington because they're going to pull the goalie several times? That's really the only concern. Yep. I still like the over, but that kind of touches upon why I like the avalanche. I mean, you can't control how many shots will get past the goalie, but you can handicap how many shots you think both teams are going to get. And the avalanche should probably finish with 15 plus shots in comparison. That's good enough for me. And if you hit the post five times in game one, which is tied for the all-time playoff record, I think you're going to score more than three goals. Yep, I think that's I think that's the logic there. That was my logic for taking the Avalanche. Bronco Devils. Are you are you scared of the? No, no. I said it on Chris's show. I said I don't give a shit. I was going to say the save prop as well. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't care. No. Colorado getting less than thirty-five shots in this game would be shocking to me. I told everybody if it if it landed. Because it was, a, it, I said it was thirty-one and a half, and it ended, it ended up going to thirty-two and a half. I said if it landed thirty-two, everybody could come and like stand outside my house with torches. Let's Colorado go. should have forty shots on net by Bron- the end of the game. Bronco Devils got the heat with twenty-one plus points in each quarter, minus one hundred five. It's a little tricky because of the fact that Boston could clamp down defensively. Right. I think your biggest sweat's going to be the first quarter. Because the first quarter for Boston games have been extremely low scoring. Game one, not so much. But against Milwaukee, they put the clamps down occasionally defensively. I think that's your biggest sweat. I think your sweat would be the first quarter. Miami, I think, should go over in each of those. But it's minus 105 for a reason, you know? Like, 21 plus is not a high total, but it's minus 105. 
you might have one quarter you might have to sweat out. And my guess would be quarter one. It's a milk bottle bet. I call those milk bottle bets. Like when you go to the fair and you have the, the three milk bottles and you think, how hard can that be just to knock those over? And it's mm-hmm. way harder than you think. I think it's one of those plays like 21. That's 84 points. How could they not do that? And mm-hmm. you look up and all of a sudden at a bad quarter and uh, yeah. They, they miss yeah. a bunch of shots, a bunch of turnovers. Three turnovers, four turnovers in a quarter, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay over, says Scott Nowak, over two and a half goals. Well, somebody mentioned the game before. Somebody was taking Florida. Florida needs to win this game. If they lose this game, I know that hockey home ice does not matter as much compared to other home court advantages, home field advantages. But Tampa, I think, is the much better team. And Florida was the President's Trophy winner. Props to them. They barely beat Washington. They should have lost the series. If I was comparing them to an NBA team, it would be the Grizzlies. They had a bunch of come-from-behind wins. They were against a team with championship pedigree. And they um they basically got exposed. You know, of course, for Memphis's situation, they had an injury, but they also lost by 30 the game that Morant got injured in. Mm-hmm. I just think Tampa's better. And Tampa defensively for the last two games has been magnificent. And the main issue I have with Florida, they have yet to score a power play goal. The power play is broken. I want nothing to do with the Panthers. They need to win this game. But I'm actually looking at the under. If you want to go for a either a team total or a full game total, Tampa's defense is dialed in. I would gladly take a team total under because this Tampa team with Vasilevsky, it takes a huge effort to score more than three goals against this team. Yep, absolutely agree. Hey, I want to do I want to do something here for Scott Nowak because this is brutal. This this should this is, he, he deserves his own. Ready? Yeah. Had Luca had Luca over three and a half threes. Had three in the first half. Zero the rest of the way. Ooh, my name is Luca, and I don't hit threes in the second half. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Scott. You got your own siren and everything, buddy. Um, were, you, were you surprised at all by that game one? Because that game went the way that I thought it would. No, no, and and I don't understand. I don't understand again, Scott. Hockey isn't my main sport. Uh, to me, this seems like a mispriced situation. It, oh, I was talking about game one for the Mavericks, but we can talk about the hockey game too. Oh well, I was I was talking about the either uh, or. Did either of those surprise you? No, no. Um, I liked. I, I I thought I thought it'd be closer. I thought Golden State would win by uh, high I single 12. digits. I I I, I, I thought seven to nine. That's that's why we were talking about not playing it over five and a half or six. Yeah. Um, I thought that got to be a sketchy number. Shit, none of that none of that mattered at all. So. I think the Renzo brothers, come on, White Sox. No shit, buddy. Let's go. Let's go. The White Lightning Sox. game did surprise me. I thought I think Tampa's going to win the series. I thought that going in. I Tampa in six. But Florida, after losing to this team last year, and after the scare against the Capitals, I thought maybe for at least one game, they would be able to break through Tampa's defense and generate some odd man rushes and some good chances. That just didn't happen at all. And Tampa dominated the majority of the game. So I found that a bit surprising. But for the basketball game, not at all. On the On the podcast I gave out the Warriors I thought they would end up winning pretty easily the Mavericks with Luka and Jason Kidd are a marathon not a sprint type of runner they are willing to punt games early in a series to experiment test things out see what works and makes it and make adjustments as the series goes on and we've seen that in the first two series Dallas ended up losing game one in each of the first two I know Luka didn't play in game one against Utah but we saw them get the ass kicked by Phoenix in the first two road games, even the third road game, and they made the adjustments, and they won. So I expect Golden State to get off to a hot start in the series. 
probably go up 2 nothing. see what adjustments Dallas makes when they go back home, and maybe we'll have a series on our hands. But Golden State is the better team, and they looked like it last night. Very good. Uh, update on the Royals-White Sox game. Why? Because it's my play of the day. White Sox have rallied, is now uh, 4-3, to three, top of the fourth. White Sox have two men on and a, a 2-0 count to Juan Moncada. And uh, Ronald Bolaños uh, is now pitching for the Royals instead of Hernandez, which is not great news. I forgot what you had for your play. Uh, first five run line, White Sox. So that's a half? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just need a, sh- I just need a, a launch moment into the windy afternoon here, and we're good. Um, you like Tampa team total under or Florida team total under? I'm not touching Tampa team total under point. I know is still injured, but Tampa got a lot of production from different places. Kucherov had that disgusting move on Ekblad for that power play goal. Still have Stamkos. They still have Hedman on defense. Who's a solid score. They have a lot of weapons and even Nick Paul's been really good, but I'd go with Florida team total under because it's really tough to like an over for a team when you're about 0 for 20 on the power play in the playoffs. Yep. If Florida had a top 10 power play, top five power play in the regular season, and that was a big piece of the offense, and it is fundamentally broken right now, I am not taking a team total over. Can't do it. Plus, as you talked about, you got Vasilevsky on the other side. And he's sick. Yeah. And especially come playoff time, he just he, he finds an extra gear. He's a great goalie all year long, and then finds another gear in the playoffs. No, I'm I'm would be much more interested in playing a uh, Tampa Bay total over. Um, I'm also I, not a big Bobrovsky guy, so yeah, fair I enough. I will give him props though; he was good in the last game, so props to him there. But over the course of his playoff career, Bobrovsky is let's just say a lot streakier than uh, Vasilevsky. Yep, very true, very true. Uh, super slices if I like if uh, Horford plays, I kind of like Boston. They're so streaky that maybe the threes will uh, fall tonight. Well, then do I have news for you, Super Slide? Because Horford is playing yep. and has been confirmed. Has it been confirmed he's playing or is it confirmed he's cleared? They, he's cleared. They said he's available. Okay. That's not quite playing yet, but it looks good. That's pretty good. Yeah. that's that's If, if there's any lingering COVID symptoms, I that, mentioned that's, that where you would, that's where you would I, find out. I doubt it because of how quickly he got cleared, but maybe. Sam Bo Williams says uh, the Colorado run line. Um, that's what you've got as well tonight, right? Yeah, I got the puck line. Like, yep. I had to. I, I wanted to make a case for the Blues when the series started, and Bennington was my case. But watching that entire game, Colorado just looked like the, they look like the best team in the league by far. It, it's really crazy how good that Colorado team is. Well, my thought was the Blues would have an opportunity to steal one. Yeah, and I, I think, think game one was their game. I, that's exactly the point I was going to make. I think game one was that opportunity. Um, you know, you're not going to get a much better performance out of Bennington than, or any goalie in the world, for that matter. That's a We did it last show. It's a 94.4% save percentage. Yeah, 51 and even in game one, Colorado was up one with about three minutes to go, and the Blues scored the, a power play goal. So if you didn't have the questionable penalty, St. Louis was pulling the goalie, and Colorado potentially wins the game by multiple goals. So we'll see what happens. But I do think Colorado should definitely not be plus money to win by multiple goals at home. Fair enough. That's 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 you know that's a legit point. Um, man, I guess that's really about it, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty light card. It really I don't know is. if you want to talk about anything else. Golf. John Daly had a pretty nice run for about fourteen holes, then he fell off a cliff. Oh, that's a shame. 
He went from minus two through 13 to plus two on the day. Mm. So finished with four bogeys in the last five. Rory looked really good. I believe he's leading the tournament now at five under. Shout out to Zalatoris, though, also at four under. Uh, you have any takeaways on the PGA? I know we didn't exactly talk about it. No. No, and uh, that's that's kind of our bad because we definitely could have done that. It's just, you know, you've got when you've got playoff basketball and playoff hockey. I really didn't do any research for it, to be honest. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. It's just going to, uh, it's it's just going to take up so much bandwidth. I'm just looking here, um, seeing any any of the unusual names at the top. Uh, I don't know much about Tom Hoge. Do you or Tom Hogue? Uh, Hogue's okay. Okay. I'm trying to remember. I I think he got in because he won an automatic qualifier tournament. Like he won one of the other tournaments where you get an automatic entry. I forgot when he won one of those, but I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. I think that's why he's in there. But he's a pretty solid golfer. I can't say he's like top 10 or anything, but he's still pretty good. I know Spieth blew up today. He finished two over. Uh, Matsuyama was two over. The wind was a serious problem today. You had gusts of about 13 to 15 miles per hour, which doesn't sound like much. But it could definitely ruin some of your, I'd say, practice round comparisons when the wind is suddenly taking away about an extra 10 yards on your shot. Yep. That could hurt. Tiger was four over. Kepka's three over through six. Scheffler's, e- the... Scheffler's even through three. That's actually not that bad. Yeah, through three. But once again, with the wind, the truth is even a an even or one shot under day is actually pretty good. The point is you got to just try to survive. That's kind of what the weather has been dictating today. Tiger four over. Not surprised. Hopefully you did not end up betting him to win 66 the tournament. 66 to one. No, no. We don't, tried to tell you. Don't do you know, it. Whatever. Don't do it. And Kepka sucked. So a lot of good players had bad days, and that's usually because the weather was, I'd say, <laughs> uncooperative. All right. Uh, finish up the baseball. What's the uh, Arizona at the Cubbies? Um. That one goes at, uh, yeah, that's a 740 game. You want to go against Gallon? Not really, but the Cubs have been hitting the ball well. They did lose to Pittsburgh yesterday, which annoyed me on total chaos. I got three runs from the Pirates, and it couldn't go over. Right. That's the dream. I hit the lottery. The Pirates scored three runs. It still didn't go over. But, yeah, for me, I'm going to go with Gallon, first five. I am such a huge Gallon guy. I have been since he was on Miami. I think that's a solid play. you look at his overall numbers, Gallon's, uh, Gallon's a lunatic of the season. He's so damn good. But I still don't trust Arizona's bullpen. Stroman's been a mess. He's got a 5.13 ERA. He's given up four home runs in 26 and a third innings. I don't want anything to do with Stroman, but I also don't want anything to do with Arizona's bullpen. Give me Gallon first five at plus money. I can't really say no. Bronco Devils got Allen, uh, Gallon on over K's, too. I uh, like well, that. Well, the Cubs strike out a lot. So. Yep, I see that, Dano. Bases loaded. What are we doing here? What do you think about that? Gallon, sh- under no circumstance, should be plus money in the first five against against Stroman. That's no. just crazy. Sign me up. Sign me up for that, for sure. Uh, last game is Seattle-Boston. George Kirby against Rich Hill. Uh, Kirby, young gun. Two g- really good starts. Rich Hill, the grizzled veteran, finding a little uh, second life there with Boston so far after a few disappointing seasons. Um, plus money on Seattle. Am I am I crazy here? What are you thinking? Well, anytime you recommend plus money or you lean to it, I'm not going to roast you for it. But Boston has been a team that has been underwhelming at Fenway this season. Six and ten overall. They've been better lately. They did take two out of three 
against Houston. So maybe that counts for something. Seattle's so awful on the road. That's the thing. I, you I got a bad road team against a bad home team. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, but Seattle's worse on the road than Boston is at home. Seattle's eight and 14 on the road. I'm going to go with Boston. Boston's been underachieving all season long, but taking two out of three at home against Houston, maybe they're, I can't say turning a corner, but maybe they're still being underpriced. I'm going to go with Boston. Kirby might be a decent pitcher. He does not go much length at all. Rich Hill will probably give you five. That's been a ceiling for what, like the last three years. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, he did go six last time out, but other yeah. than, that's the only time he's pitched out of the fifth this season. You're co- yeah, but the Mariners are calling up a pitching prospect who doesn't have much of a track record. I think Boston does decently well here. I'll take the Red Sox. Yeah, I worry about the youngster first time at uh, first time at at Fenway. Yeah, yeah, I don't like Boston's bullpen, but so maybe first five. But okay. Boston, I don't mind that they've been playing better recently. All right, very good. Uh, do you have any preakness thoughts? Uh, I do not. Okay. Uh, do you have any? I don't. I haven't looked at. The, I haven't looked at the field. Um, I'll be honest with you to see who's. Um, I just know Rich Strike is out, so I want to no see, triple crown this year. Right, no triple crown this year. So I want to see who's in. I want to see who's who is who didn't run the Kentucky Derby that maybe has a shot at this one. So I got to do a little research. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow a little bit. If you wanted my initial thoughts, I would pick Epicenter. Yes, yeah, I mean that's that horse came in second in the Kentucky. Hot, and, hot take, everybody. Yeah, first is out, and Epicenter still a good horse. Yeah. So if you wanted my initial thoughts in a limited field, because usually a lot of trainers tend to skip the preakness yeah, about, ha- about half the, the field usually or less about, about, yeah, about half the field including the winner which is very rare of the kentucky i'll go with epicenter i'm not going to reinvent the wheel okay all right very good uh yeah in a normal year where that horse didn't come from from nowhere to to win uh epicenter did a great job down the stretch holding him off that's also usually why you see a lot of the kentucky derby winners going for triple crowns you rarely see them st- like you know mess mess up in the Preakness. It's because the Preakness is the weakest field of all three Triple Crown races right. every year by a wide margin. Yep. Would it's you that, agree with that? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's that mile and a half at the Belmont that that, Pretty much. that gets everybody with it. That fucking stretch, the home stretch, just never ends. But for Triple Crown, of course, you got to win the first race. Usually, I don't know the percentages, but I would say usually the winner of the Kentucky tends to also win the Preakness, be interesting. and they stumble in the Belmont. That's usually my, at least my selective recall for horses. Do you have the same recall there? Uh, yeah, I, 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 that's, that's, I don't know if it's accurate or not, but yeah, I do see that it as well. It feels that way. Uh, Rick says he's taking a break from sports betting. See you when football starts. Well, like, you got USFL. I was going to say, so like this weekend when Pittsburgh Yeah, come back in like a day or two. So I'm rooting for you, Rick. All right, buddy. Hey, man, let's get to it, shall we? Let's take a look and... Uh, See what we got cooked up here. It is that time of the day for everybody to uh, get in your closet. Get those overalls on, man. Put on your straw hat. Climb aboard your John Deere. Um, Get your keys out. Put them in the ignition because you know what? It's exciting. It's it's exciting time, and it's the time that everybody waits for. So get ready, kids, because once again, it's time to bet the farm. All righty, Scott. How are you? Doing well. Good to see yeah. you. Howdy. It, it looks like you're wearing a headband with that. It looks, it's like that's like the best look ever. Yep. Um. All right. So, how did we do yesterday, Scott? I know we had to bet the farm play. Did we do any good? Yeah, we had the Yankees first five minus one 
at around minus 115. Cole gave up no runs. The Yankees scored more than one run. Nice, easy winner. The Yankees win. Cue the banjos. All right, my friend. Well, we had to do a little uh, last-minute backpedaling on this one. But I think we got something that uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of this one. What is it, Scott? So for this one, we're going to go with a, uh, a heat player. And we're going to take the under in Bam Adebayo points. It's actually a minus 110. I wrote down the wrong number. It's minus 110 at under 15.5 points. And the number's too high. He scored less than 16 points in four of his last five games. He's attempted less than eight field goals in each of the last three games. I did read somewhere it's pretty tough to score when you're not shooting the ball. Uh, he has scored less than 16 points in three of his four meetings against Boston this season. And, of course, Al Horford is back. We know that Horford and Robert Williams very good defensive players. And, realistically, we know that Adebayo is a solid offensive player. But based on how Miami's been playing in the playoffs, it seems like he's becoming a growing afterthought in the offense. 15 and a half for a guy that really has not been doing much offensively for the last week and change. The number's way too high. Give us the under 15 and a half points. There you go. That is our farm play for today. Bam Adebayo, under 15 and a half points. That is available at minus 110 at Caesars, not the 120 on your, on your board. It is minus 110. So take advantage of that. Get down on the farm and expect to cash that ticket to run our streak to three straight. It's a winning you streak. You want to add? What? You have anything you want to add? I was just adding stuff. Well, I was saying on that Abayo stuff. No, I think this is the this is all about the fact that uh, Horford is Horford is back, and this Boston defense is going to look more like they look throughout the regular season. And again, I think you made a great point about Adebayo just not being a main part of the offensive focus right now. He's a uh, he's kind of turning into a uh, a defensive specialist and just a force in the middle, but he's not. Uh, He's not the scoring threat that uh, he once was. And even with Horford missing game one, Adebayo played 37 minutes. He scored 10 points. Yeah. So now Boston's defense got better, and Adebayo should struggle with Robert Williams and Horford guarding him the entire time. I wouldn't be surprised to see Miami try to open it up a little bit from outside the perimeter, too. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So that's the farm. That's the show. You guys have a great Thursday. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it as always. Of course, don't forget to check out all the great offerings here at the uh, Max Wagers Network. But especially, we want to make sure that you stop by and see us each and every weekday, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I will once again do our best to help you in that journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Nailed it. Nailed it. All right. Well, nothing to that. Um, I saw the White Sox screwed you. What's that? Stranded the bases loaded. Did they really? Motherfuckers. I That's think your volume killer. is off. Are you muted? Huh? That's brutal. I can't hear you. Uh, um, I think I'm not taking it. can't hear you. You can't hear me? No. That's weird. Did you hit the mute button on uh, StreamYard? Nope. 
It doesn't matter. I, I don't think we uh, really have much more to talk about. Uh, let me know what the NASCAR cutoffs are, and I'll see you tomorrow. All right, All right later. Is Rye on the show? You cannot. Is he on? He's so he's he's not a regular now. Okay. He is a regular. Okay, cool. He's Sounds just not, good. He's not on tomorrow. All right. I still can't hear you, but let me know.